Wow, here we are. Welcome to Mutiny Radio at 6 o'clock. I actually made it on time at 6. Hopefully we'll be recording this week. It uh, looks like I have a wow. issue here. Uh, anyways, yeah, we got a little reverb going on. But uh, welcome to Racers Alley and uh, enjoy our show coming up soon. We're going to have a uh, lot Tigers in tonight discussing uh, their programs. It seems to me that they're all over the uh, Internet and uh, actually all the motorcycle events. And uh, they tend to, uh, well, look like they're a big sponsor, so hopefully we'll have a lot of answers to their questions here. Anyways, welcome to Mutiny Radio here at, uh, well, uh, welcome to Mutiny Radio, we're Racers Alley. Let me see if I can figure out what's wrong with our recording thingy, and Milk Great Brian will bring on some music. Yar, yar. Ah, 
All right. Welcome back to Racers Alley here at Mutiny Radio and Heart of the Mission. And theoretically, I guess we're recording 6.03, so technically I didn't get on at 6. All right. So, uh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, we have Wade here tonight with Subculture Racing, co-host as always. And uh, we're going to be discussing, uh, actually, have some stories about him just uh, actually racing sidecars over there at, uh, I guess it was Button Willow with the Wira and SRA West. And uh, Milk Crate Brian's here spinning some tunes. And, uh, boy, uh, we have a guest, special guest with Law Tigers. Uh, we'll uh, get some information, see what the program's about. It seems they're all over the motorcycle community, and um, yeah, they're trying to make a presence known to help out motorcyclists. So I'm very curious on uh, how that would work out. So um, yeah, for sure. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll get some answers to our questions. So anyhow, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break. I just got here and apparently the boat is now sailing and let's take a little break and come back soon. Yar, Milk Crate Brian's got some tunes. Yar. Trying to prove 
that you're made out of gold and uh, can't be sold. So, uh, are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? Well, I have. Uh, let me prove it to you.
Right on, right on. Welcome to Racers Alley here at uh, Mutiny Radio in the heart of the mission. And uh, welcome back. Uh, boy, oh boy. We're going to have a nice show tonight with uh, Law Tigers, uh, Mr. Uh, Wade Boyd from Soap Culture Racing, and uh, got Milk Crate Brian uh, spinning the tunes, and myself here, Alex Torres-Mori, uh, hosting, I guess. Anyhow, um, I want to say uh, last week we weren't able to get our show uh, uh, on live uh, due to a, uh, I guess you could say, a power outage messed up our system in here, as well as, uh, well, uh, the computer system. So we were never uh, properly backed up in a weird technical way. And also, I'm a Luddite, so who knows? Maybe I just pushed the wrong button. But uh, anyways, last week, uh, Clay Murphy, he's a part of the uh, San Francisco Motorcycle Club. He was here, and, uh, you know, he has a, a great... Uh, organization right now called firstrides.org you know and uh they're basically it's a non-profit organization and they're aimed at increasing the number of motorcyclists in the world and reducing their risk basically it's for kids they want to want they want to teach a bunch of kids uh, how to learn uh, on the dirt and uh, start riding and it's a great thing and what we're looking for is uh basically any donations on uh old motocross gear new motocross gear whatever you want uh we can definitely use it as well as uh, got a bike lying around, been sitting around, and it hasn't been used for a long time. You know, these kids could use it because, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, certain areas, certain places, certain times, you know, uh, families uh, can't afford to learn how uh, teach, teach kids how to ride, that type of thing. It's a very expensive sport. So firstrides.org is basically based around, you know, uh, teaching underprivileged kids how to ride motorcycles and then going from there. So what we'd like to do, what he would like to do, Clay would like to do, is actually supply them with gear, motorcycles, go out to Carnegie. I think their first day is going to be on September 22nd and then uh, November 17th. And he's looking for, you know, qualified instructors as well. It's a nonprofit. Uh, right now, I'm just mentioning, I talked to Johnny over at Bender's. You can always drop off gear there. You know, uh, I talked to uh, Martin at Molotovs. You can drop off gear there sean over at tokyo moto you can drop off gear there i mean we're all willing and sfmc when they're open you can drop off gear there as well we really want to help these kids out teach them how to ride over at carnegie and you know make that program just succeed because nothing better i mean shit i started uh, riding when i was a kid as well and uh once you have it in your blood, I mean, you just really don't go away from it. And I think as a rider, uh, especially, you tend to do that more than uh, doing stupid shit, you know. So I, I really uh, hope you guys can actually donate to firstrides.org. You can check them out on the interwebs as well. And if you have any questions, you can always get us get a hold of us here at Racers Alley, either on Facebook or you can always call us at 415-550-0511. And these guys are great. Like I said, it's all about helping the children and uh, teaching them how to ride bikes and after that, you know, they can become racers. So it's really, really good. Thank you, Clay Murphy. Uh, thank you, San Francisco Motorcycle Club. It's definitely uh, something you want to look into. Firstrides.org. All right? R-I-R. So uh, we'll be back with you shortly. I got some music going on of some particular nature. And uh, welcome to Racers Alley here at the Heart of Mutiny Radio. Okay.
Right on, right on. Welcome back to Racers Alley here in the Mutiny Radio in the heart of the mission. Boy, it's a beautiful afternoon here, evening, uh, compared to everywhere else where it's bacon. It was actually hot today, so sorry, guys. I mean, we got actually probably to 68 or something like that, which is sweltering here in San Francisco. So all you guys out there in the 100-degree weather, you know, we're suffering with you. Anyhow, uh, boy, tonight we have special guest. Uh, well, uh, well... Welcome, Matt. You know, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, right on, right on. Let's say that again when I turn the mic up. <laughs> I'm great. Thanks for having me. Good to have you here. And uh, we also have Milk Crate Brian and Wade Boyd, uh, Subculture hello, Racing. Hello, hello. You are, you are. Hey, Wade, how you howdy, doing? Zoom, zoom. Howdy, howdy. I had no idea Matt was going to be on the show this week. I had heard it was Law Tigers. Um, and Matt and I met a couple weeks ago at an event out in the Carrizo Plain. Yeah. Um, I believe we had Carrie Doherty on here before from uh, Moto Bird Adventures. And that was a co-sponsored event you did, right? Yeah, that was awesome. That was actually uh, April, mid-April. We were down in the Carrizo Plain uh, where we did a camp out with the uh, Motorcycle Misfits crew and the Moto Birds crew and the Brian crew and the Law Tigers crew. And, and it was just a big love fest. Yeah, it was Good fun. music, good food, good riding. We talked about it a little on the show when she was in, that it was just like a very chill event. There wasn't a lot of crazy hooliganism, but right. we still had a lot of fun riding. We did some fast and fun stuff. Right, and a lot of shenanigans without the broism. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. we said. We, we try to show. leave that at home. So, so was it more like a, a dual sport ride, something like that? Outdoors, camping, good, good fun? Yeah, a lot of dual sport, but there was, I mean, it was... It, good fire road trails i mean even if you don't have the big you know gs adventure bike you can get out there with road tires and still do okay if you're a decent rider but uh mainly dual sport nice right on right on and uh yeah brian we were mentioning and uh whose birthday was it it is carrie's birthday today so happy birthday <laughs> happy, happy birthday, birthday carrie, carrie. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah i bet sorry today on the facebook book and said that as well wow. right on so law tigers i mean um it's interesting uh uh, I work for Tokyo Moto, and uh, last year there was a presence there as far as you know uh, commercial uh, stuff, and uh, ended up start uh, racing again this year at AFM, and I noticed that. Uh, your presence is everywhere, and uh, it's really, really neat to see. I mean, uh, again, with Carrie's business, but uh, more and more I look, I mean, you you support a lot of areas of the industry, and you sponsor a lot of folks, and uh, I think that's wonderful. You know, uh, what, what, what's the story behind that? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Law Tigers is a, a national company that's been around for 18 years. We're in 27 states, uh, many, many markets within those states, and really what sets us apart from our competitors is that we work with uh, local law firms um, that uh, will handle your case from start to finish. Uh, sometimes if you go with um, the generic law firms or some of more of the other billboard law firms, uh, you get started with one law firm, handed around, passed around, and might finish with somebody completely different. Um, We've been around, like I said, uh, 27 years, and uh, really what we do is just try to support the industry as much as we can, try to connect the dots from one area to another. Maybe this community is lacking a place to ride, and so this place that is a great uh, great place to ride needs needs riders, and so we try to put two and two together. Uh, the Carrizo Plain is a great example of that. Yes. You know, I went down there a few years ago just with a couple of buddies. And uh, I thought it'd be a great place for us to uh, have this event. And Law Tigers wanted to boost uh, the Moto Bird business. And so we started with that one. 
Yeah, I think that's wonderful. I mean, uh, especially Motorbird. I mean, they're independent. And, uh, you know, uh, nowadays you see a lot of folks out there uh, with tour businesses and uh, track days, like fun track days. And uh, it's nice that your presence is out there to support all the independent businesses, uh, you know, whatever what they need, because it's, it's important because uh, everyone talks. The motorcycle community is a very small community. And, uh, you know, uh, once you're part of the fold, you know, Everyone talks, so it's very easy to, you know, if you uh, need help, someone will tell you exactly where to go, which is which is really awesome. And uh, as far as uh, I see, like I said, your your logos everywhere. How how do you get that? How how, how does someone? be part of the Law Tiger team? Well, the great thing is um, you don't have to be a member. There's no membership sign-up or anything where you have to be part of the club or have to get a certain card with your name on it so that you're covered. You're covered if you ride a motorcycle. If you need support, we can help you in multitude of ways. We don't want anybody to have an accident, but it's part of the riding culture and it's part of what we all accept being in this crazy thing called the motorcycle world. But uh, things do happen, and when they when they do happen, you want somebody that's going to be by your side. Now, besides accidents, we try to support the community as much as we can. Like you said, independent shops and independent businesses out here, um, it's, it's a really small community, and it's mm-hmm. one you can't hide from. I was just having this conversation today with uh, Wolfgang over at W Motorcycle Rentals yes. <laughs> here in the city. And, and uh, you know, he's been doing this 30 years. And he says, you know, what I love about this industry is you can't hide. And if you screw up, Everybody knows about it. Everybody knows about it. And there might be forgiveness there if you handle it the right way. But (laughs) how many businesses have not handled it the right way? And now they're just gone on so many different levels. And so my passion is motorcycles. I love riding. I'm not a lawyer. I don't plan on being a lawyer. I just do marketing for the firm. But what I really love to do is see the community grow and to build. And uh, I used to live on the East Coast where there's plenty of motorcycle riders, but there's not much of a real tight-knit community like there is out here and it just needs to be you know nourished and developed you mentioned that i mean uh, yeah you, you, right now you're, you're currently on a bmw but uh you correct yeah yeah gs 1200 gs 1200 but uh you started out like us over here on, on this coast uh, but you were up north which is seattle yeah, yeah. I started. Um, I grew up in Seattle. Um, started off on a '73 Honda CB350. Nice. Uh, that my dad had. Uh, I think he bought it off his best friend for 50 bucks and a six pack of beer. <laughs> something, something ridiculous like that, right? Which is awesome. And so it just sat rotting in the garage until I got old enough for us to uh, make it into a project bike and start working mm. on it. And it was probably about 20 years later than I finally got my M1 uh, sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, it took a while for me to actually get my proper motorcycle license. I mean, we all started out actually just riding, I imagine. Yeah, it took me a couple of years before I had the paperwork right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah, okay. Like you, I started with an old Honda, too. I had a CB360, and uh, it didn't run when I bought it. So I learned how to wrench before I learned how to ride. Ah, that's sick. That's sick. You know, that's one thing I wish I I had done differently was spend a lot more time on wrenching. And uh, now that I have this big, beautiful, uh, expensive BMW, I wish I knew more about it. So I don't have to drop so much taking it into the shop. But (laughs) it's it's still worth it. It is true. Something about that. But yeah, they are specialized nowadays, especially depending on the bike. It's um, hard to work on a lot of those modern motors, Mm -hmm. you know. Exactly. That's why most of us that are working on bikes are stuck in the past. Like, I live in the 90s. 90s still <laughs> nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that yeah i have my uh i work in tokyo moto and usually i used to do my own valves but the other day it's like on the zx 636 it's just like 
you know what? I'm kind of too old for this shit. <laughs> you know, just let let Scotty do it, and uh, he did it. It was great, and yeah. And my '99 R1 is currently uh, taken apart, and uh, same thing. I was like, I think I'll let Scotty do it. You know, the motor's out. Bob's your uncle. It's yeah, let a professional do it. That's what we do. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it's is it laziness? I don't know what you call it, but uh, either way, it's a lot easier on me if I don't have to worry about it and just work on other things, you know, and uh, talking about that, holy moly, Brian's got his dirtbag challenge bike going, and I, I saw it from, uh, you know, uh, beginning, and it's looking wonderful. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. been a massive undertaking, talking and, about wrenching. This is one of my first free nights in the past month. Yeah. That's why you haven't had me here on the show very often, because Alex has been calling me on Thursday, and I'm like, I'm in the garage, I gotta do something. And uh, what is a dirtbag, Brian? Uh, so, dirtbag is, the dirtbag challenge is a motorcycle chopper bobber build-off. Um, that's been kind of a mainstay of the San Francisco motorcycle community for, I think they've been going on 15 years now, maybe 20. Yeah, uh, around that. <laughs> um, and the original concept was to build a bike uh, in under a month for 500 bucks. And then over the years, that became a month and $1,000. When, mm-hmm. when I came to the scene here about 10 years ago, um, I was young and dumb and thought I knew everything about motorcycles and that I could do this. And... I did it 10 years ago with a Honda CX-500, um, nice. and the bike was okay. It was completely mediocre. I barely did anything interesting to it. Um, but nowadays, the challenge is two months, $2,000 build limit, kind of keeping up with the rising costs in the city and yeah. cost of parts, okay. and you know, bikes aren't as cheap as they used to be. And you got to ride it, right? And you got to ride it. So now, <laughs> in the early days, you just have to ride around the block, and then that became, you have to go for a 100-mile ride on the day of the show, and you couldn't be in the show unless you made it to the finish line. And now it is a three-day camping trip. So not only does the bike have to you know, look cool, run, um, it also has to be somewhat practical. You can't uh, really camp on an art bike for three days. You know, <laughs> you want to sit on some some bullshit seat you made out of a statue you found in the park. That's going to be real fun after about an hour. Yeah. Um, so the bikes are getting a lot more practical. Um, the engineering's getting better. You're seeing a lot less like super sketchy stuff. Um, people are really bringing their A game to this. Um, and this year's unique because they announced it early. It's typically in the fall, but this year the show is on August 25th. August 25th, okay. And, and if you're interested in finding out about it, um, look up Dirt Bag Challenge on Facebook. Um, they nice. haven't announced the exact time of the event or the exact location, but that usually comes a couple weeks uh, before. And once again, that date is August 25th. So mark it on your calendar and refresh your web browser, and one day the location and time will show up. That's awesome. So that being said, Brian, I mean, August 25th will be the Dirtbag Challenge. You can find them on the face of my book. And, uh, you know, uh, can anyone show up? Anybody can show up. So there's no registration right now. I could actually have two grand, you know, off my money tree that I have Mm -hmm. and um, build a bike and be able to just go in. Yeah, just go in. Um, You'll want to check with uh, you want to send that guy a message because you'll have to get there a couple days early to do the ride with the group. The ride mm-hmm. will probably leave on the either the 22nd or the 23rd. Um, and, yeah, you just show up. It's an open – it's a community of open arms. When I moved here, I didn't know anybody, and I showed up with my crappy CX-500 build, <laughs> and they tolerated me, and we went on awesome. the ride, and we had a good time. That's great. Yeah. And, and uh, so, uh, listeners out there, uh, 
boy, you can actually be part of the Dirtbag Challenge if you're in the Bay Area, San Francisco community. And uh, like we were mentioning, get your money tree, have a couple of grand, uh, build what you got sitting there in the backyard or your friend's garage or, you know, wherever you can find something. And uh, it's a whole lot of fun. And, uh, you know, burnouts are welcome. And it's yeah. a really good community. A lot, a lot of people are out there. Sometimes we have bands. Sometimes we have little people uh taking their dirt bikes through a little fire hoop and shit so yeah it's it's been a it's been a crazy time over the 10 15 20 years it's yeah been out and there, it's, it's really know. comes from a good place in the community um i paul started it when all the sort of insane west coast chopper build off high money custom thing came out and, you know you have guys that are doing shows and they spent 50 or 60 grand on the bike they may not have even done any of the work themselves some of them do some of them just contract everything out and paul wanted everybody to get off the couch and try to learn something new and put your skills to the test. And to a lot of us in the community, that's more impressive than any high budget build bike out there. That, you know, any anybody in that show is just like a, you know, Joe Schmo like me mm-hmm. that really sucks with an angle grinder. Uh, but I'm gonna see my thing through and it's it's gonna be fun. And it's a great looking bike today. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, I won't give away any of the uh, secrets, but yeah, it's it's a wonderful. It's an old Honda, and uh, going yeah, from there. Get, the little thing we'll tell you is that uh, it's, it's a Honda Goldwing. I decided to yeah. bite off a lot more than I can chew, and uh, it's been fun. My it interest is great. Peaked. <laughs> yeah yeah it looks looks really looks great actually. right now right now we're replacing the head gaskets on it is it an off-road goldwing it is not an off-road goldwing. <laughs> oh, but interest I, less peaked <laughs> now i i know there's a video going around today because about six people sent it to me of guys with gl 1100s off-roading um and it looked like it was doable um i'm really curious what tires they're running because I, i'm pretty sure that in the 1100 they're able to get a 16 inch tire i have a 15 because i have the 12 100. So that threw all my plans of making this like an off-roady machine out the window. I couldn't oh, even find a Navi in 15. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. don't know if it exists. The Hit TKC80 it. doesn't come in that size, unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, uh, yeah, look very look look very forward to actually seeing that uh, out there, and looks great, especially with the tank and the seat, and uh, yeah, and the special it, it, headlight. The special headlight. You'll know if you come to Dirtbag Challenge awesome. whose bike it is. So August 25th, Dirtbag Challenge. Uh, it'll be a great time and. Uh, Check out the Facebook book, and that way you can get a little bit better details uh, as, a, as a date nears. And uh, actually, my goddaughter's getting married the day before that. I better get my suit pressed, fellas. Yeah. But, uh, anyhow, uh, boy. So uh, let's take a little break here, and uh, we'll get back to you shortly and uh, have a few more questions for uh, Matt with Law Tigers. And uh, hear about Wade's racing. Boy, oh, boy. We had a very exciting weekend and, and you know, uh, in, in, a, in various ways. And I uh, really look forward to hearing about that, Wade, uh, with the Aware SRA over in Buttonwillow, right? Yeah. 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 Buttonwillow. Right. We'll talk about that shortly. So let's take a little break. We'll be back. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, Racer's Alley. You can hear the little crackles. Yeah, we run real LPs here. You know, Milk Crate Brian, you know, he has a Milk Crate for a reason. Yar. Yeah, because it's full of records. It's full of records. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you notice on our uh, Racer's Alley Facebook, uh, you can see his Milk Crate Brian truck and uh, rig. I'm sorry. KLR. Oh, you can see the KLR. Yeah. And it's, uh, boy, you know, a few people actually uh, got back to me on that. It's like, I've seen you before, man. That thing's sick. You yeah. know, it's like the, the, the crash bars really bring it out. Well, Alex know? is also inadvertently part of my milk crate organization right now because he's taking one of the crate colt bikes out while he works on his r1 exactly yeah well, uh, i had the pleasure of riding over from molotovs uh with him to the <laughs> studio today and i can tell he's really enjoying the dual sport life again well there's nothing like a dual sport in the city and uh, boy you know you just have to refrain yourself in certain ways but uh, yeah keep the front wheel on yeah. the ground maybe <laughs> and it's, it's great for why? Right? why 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 <laughs> goes no let's lift her yeah yeah but yeah it's uh, wonderful to have a, a dual sport in the city especially with all our potholes you know it's it's really cool and in the end also it, it does bring you back to well for me 1978 being a, on a DT-175 and just being a hooligan. I mean, those bikes just uh, really inspire hooliganism, which is, which is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, uh, boy, Wade, uh, there was a long weekend this weekend, I believe, over there at the uh, SRA Wear a Race over at Buttonwillow, yeah? Yeah, long two days. Long two <laughs> days. And uh, boy, I want to congratulate you. Um, yeah. for, for surviving, for yeah. getting a number one yeah. plate. Yeah, we, we won Sunday. In theory, we were we got in the lead on Saturday and um, worked our way into second. And then uh, um, we, I was trying to hang on to Bernard, so we got on the gas just a little early in one of the switchbacks, and uh, Eric missed a handle, as they call it. He's got some gloves that, and yeah, there was a delay in the glove, and yeah, you know, he fell out like at 50 miles an hour. Holy moly. And so the the car got really quiet. I like reached back and said, oh no. And, and yeah, I didn't get an answer. So I had to pull over and stop. And in the middle of pulling over and stopping, I looked up ahead and there was a giant dust cloud. And it seems like the leader went off and crashed without me. Okay, Wade. All right. So, let's stop here for a second and let's rewind. So basically, Wade, you were gone this weekend and you were racing over in Buttonwillow was down south for the listeners out there. It's out near Bakersfield Way. And um, yep, what yep. were you racing, Wade? I was racing a sidecar. Um, it's actually an older sidecar, but it's now it's, now it's called Formula 2. It's a short chassis. Uh, GSXR 1006, so it's sure. fuel injected. That's fast. It's been winning just about everything. It does 160 miles an hour. Holy moly! And for the uh, folks out there, sidecar is uh, you can look it up again on our Facebook book page into Racers Alley, but you might see some pictures of Wade. But it's a formula car, so basically you got a driver in there, all tucked on all fours, and then you have a passenger that's sitting in the rig on the side. And they're mobile, which means they're going from side to side on the rig while you're flying down the uh, anywhere yeah. at 150 miles an hour. Yeah, so and like uh, a sailboat. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You, okay, ballast. Left-hand turn, you jump out to the left. Right-hand turn, you climb up on my back. On a long chassis, you would climb up on the back of the sidecar. But my, gotcha. so, my sidecar is so short. Basically, get on my back. You plant the front tire, all the weight centered, and I can start turning the throttle back on. That's why you do that. Yeah, because it's a short chassis, got to do a little bit more crawling. Yeah. Yeah. So 
on my on the short chassis you move a little bit more from side to side and i've got handles everywhere and and and, and but you, you one you can't miss a handle and like we, we were talking about i got on the gas uh, like two inches sooner than i did the lap before okay that being said and, um Again, it's a uh, timing issue. It's a timing issue, but this is the first time you've been racing with a particular a new partner on the back. No, well, almost, but no. So the the, the other funny thing on that is almost everybody in the club. There was eight rigs there, vintage on up, and almost everybody had a new or almost new passenger. No kidding. The leader had a passenger had just two rides with him. Interesting. Or this is his second ride. And my passenger, I think the same thing was the second ride. Yeah. So and so we were told to be tame and everything, and we tried, but we tried to make it look good. And I, and I was willing to to even let Bernard win and everything, but Eric goes, you know, give him a hard time. So we totally swished him in turn seven. We led for a while, and then he came and snuck by and actually made it work. And like he said, you made me speed up a little. Well, that's what I told Eric, and that's what I told. Him. Eric, you're going to tell me when I when I come talk to you. You made me speed up just a little, just a little bit more. Well, racers are racers. It's, and it's a race. <laughs> That's what we're supposed to do. So we had a really good dice going, very friendly. Um, Eric, and Eric legally missed a, missed a handle. He had, had, he's got these really nice aero-stitch deer gloves. Ah, untested, untested gear. No, well, he's been using them, but uh, we, we, and we've been faster than that and stuff. But anyhow, there, I put the gloves on. There's a half inch of slop in your glove, dude. Throw these gloves. Take them back touring. Here, try mine. <laughs> yeah, you want to be able to have a immediate contact. Yeah. No slip so and there was a half. You're hanging on to something. Yeah. Well, it's in the middle of grabbing it and holding it, and if there's a, if it moves. Or your glove moves, you miss your handle, and that means you have nothing holding on to the sidecar. And if it's on, just twitches or under a little acceleration, you're now on a pavement. So uh, your passenger ended up going off on the track on turn four. Sure did. We now call him Tumbler. We are, <laughs> uh, and he uh, apparently um, got a couple of uh, sponsors actually doing the leathers. Uh, Terry, I believe. Uh, yeah, and so yeah. those leathers held up for Eric. Held up really good. It just kind of scratched his name and almost scratched off the subculture racing patch. But he definitely took and, a hit. And he has a nice patina. <laughs> he, he got up. We, he sort of, I'm going to say, fell out at the bottom of the hill. He, he stopped at the top of the hill and he said he didn't know which direction he came from. Where, yeah, it's like you just got beamed into a... A field or something in the middle of nowhere. And, Been there. And where's your sidecar? Where's your... Oh, he drove around the corner. I'll be back in a minute. Exactly. Mm. You know, when, uh, uh, I've crashed a lot of bikes as well on track and shit. And you end up in the middle of nowhere. But first thing you do is you're doing... You're looking all over. You know, yeah. if, when you get up, you where the hell is my bike? Where am I? I'm not supposed to be here. Because <laughs> it's so violent. You just don't know where you're at. Your, your bearings are literally lost for a second. Yeah. In more ways than one. But, uh, yeah, so Eric was able to find you. And uh, during that, apparently, there was a lot of uh, uh, other issues out there. Yeah, the well, race. I was pulling over. I look over, and there's this giant dust cloud up ahead of me. And most everybody else is on the other side of the track. So... Didn't that doesn't that mean that the leader of the race, who was the guy I was chasing, just either ran off the road or crashed or something? I mm. saw him run off at the bus stop one time, and yeah, he probably ran off and spun out. 
But unfortunately, no, we had a big incident. He went around two corners and either the tire went uh, flat or the, something yeah. snapped or whatever and they crashed like a football. They uh, crashed all the way down the straightaway and in through the next corner into the dust and broke the car in half. Passengers now in hospitals got uh, he got helicoptered out. So I want to mention about some about the helicopter people that help. But uh, yeah, he's got he's got all kinds of broken parts and and we're just hoping he yeah, gets out alive. So I'm on the Racers Alley facing a book. I mean, yeah, he's got Ranger. some back and, uh, and some neck issues, and they're checking on him uh, throughout. And yeah, he's a, a well, he's a tough bastard and uh, tough character. Get get through. But we're hoping for him, yes, praying for exactly. him. Exactly. So uh, Racers Alley sends the best out there, and yeah, it's uh, very rare, like you said, to see such a violent. Uh, uh, Sidecar crash. Uh, yeah, wheeling's the worst. We hardly ever break anything or whatever. We hardly ever even have yeah. a broken bone, and we're not sure what happened to the the rig yet. But they crashed on their own. Yeah, I, I, catastrophic I, failure. I, I made I made him go just a little faster. Um, and, and, and and yeah, whatever. Something happened, and yeah, it went haywire. There was nothing. Nobody did anything wrong. You know, yeah, and uh, well, we send our well wishes out there. And like I said, you can get on the face of a book under Racers Alley and, and hit him up and uh, you know, wish him well. You are, and uh, yeah. overall, you know, I mean, that weekend and it ended up funny, like you said, Wade, uh, everyone had different passengers and such. And due to the particulars, I mean, as well, I mean, you guys uh, uh placed number one, yeah, on Sunday, yeah, Eric was was big enough to come back and say, "Let's do it again." And, and we, <laughs> yeah, I guess after flying out, but especially at so, our age, our so, ER, how so, you feel the next day? <laughs> yeah. But on on Saturday, so the, both the leaders were now DNF'd. If he would have caught on fire, we would have won because it goes back to the lap ahead or lap before that. But anyhow, the new kids won. We got so, a brand new team. Uh, Randy and his partner um, on one of my old rigs and everything. No kidding. The new up and coming. They never got a trophy before. Uh, barely been on a track. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, they got their first first place trophy. Not just a trophy, but yeah, yeah, which is great. You know, I mean, you put your time in RER, but racing's racing, and uh, yeah. a lot of it's attrition. So you know, so we, and that's awesome. We go yeah. out Saturday now that Bernard's out of anyhow. So we ganged up and, and talked about it and says. You take off. I told him you take off the line and and run, and I'll come play with you. I'll catch you, whatever. And anyhow, we drop. We helped them drop six seconds in that last race, uh, having them uh, uh, tail you. Yeah, yeah, which is really nice because I mean it's, it's a free lesson. Yeah, you know, exactly. And I, they got there a, every now and then, and, and they got yeah. a really nice second place trophy. So you can't have two of those first place trophies in a row. That's not awesome. Yet. And they're going to go home bragging rights and, you know, sponsorship will love them and everything. Yeah, you know, that's exactly. about racing. You know, after all the years, it's nice to bring that home. And uh, everyone's happy, like like I said, you know, especially the last race. You know, yeah. I was the one that took the picture of them that they get to take home. And I go, yeah, when you see this picture in 10 <laughs> years from now. Yeah, you'll have a story. Yeah. Uh, that's really, really cool, Wade. Yeah, right on. So um, I guess for you, the next racing is going to be August 11th? Yeah, the Sacramento Mile. Sacramento two Mile. Weeks. Two weeks from now. Is it two weeks? Yeah. Yeah, I got to find you a battery. Uh, yeah, and uh, Wade actually running a very unique uh, bike called a DTR1. Actually, he was, uh, one of my, uh, in my opinion, one of the first to actually do it. Uh, but it's a 
basically, I think it's a 2005 Yamaha YZF-R1 that's been turned into a flat tracker. And it looks wonderful. It's a beautiful bike. You know, uh, I think Zeke did the pipe on there. There's no front brake on there. It's, it's just, it's, it's a real looker. You know, and uh, yeah, only once he got in trouble for running big knobbies and basically sand, uh, sandblasting everyone mm. behind them. But otherwise, that, that that bike's pretty much legendary, in my opinion, out there. The, the folks out there go look to see you just wheelie across the whole fucking mile straight. Yeah, it'll do it. Yeah, it'll do the, the straightaway at 135 miles an hour on the rear wheel. Nothing else to do it. Nobody else has got a bigger bike. Nobody's some really, are working on it, but yeah. yeah, we'll we'll see what happens this year. But it is a four cylinder, and most people don't ride four cylinders. And even though the this is the mile, you're supposed to build a bike just for the mile, just like the dirt bag challenge. And it's supposed to be a twins race at least. But the singles are hard to beat. Well, and that's everybody's got one. Better in the dirt. <laughs> and everybody can afford one, but you can't really afford that road tax that goes uh, that's out in the lead. So, so I'm kind of doing the same thing to him that he's doing to everybody else. Yeah. Well, you know? there's tradition involved as well, but, but I mean, yeah. oh yeah, that's where the money is. It's like NASCAR, yeah. dude. You know, they're well, still using the same yeah. antiquated but shit. The mile's still supposed to be a big bike race. I just got the Rick Hawking Honda 750. That proves it. They back in the old days they ran multis and 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 till Kenny got everybody shut down. But anyhow, <laughs> so I'm just also just trying to bring that back. And R ones are what grow in my neighborhood. I couldn't find a dirt bike. Yeah, R ones have always been part of our actual. Uh, well, our blood subculture racing. Wade and I met a million years ago in '97, '96, '97 over at Zeitgeist around then, and. Uh, you know, I was uh, racing FCR 400s, which I hope to race again. And uh, he was racing whatever he was racing. I think his sidecars for sure. And uh, from there, we ended up both getting uh, 1999 R1s. And uh, took me till March to get it. Uh, they were phenomenal bikes back then. Uh, very, very uh, uh, groundbreaking, so to speak. And uh, Wade, I think he went to Canada to get yours, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, sure did. Sure did. Because... Uh, because basically I wouldn't ride to Canada but if I got one there I would ride at home it wasn't the money that you did get a better deal and stuff but I had to bust my butt and go up there a couple times but I got to ride that bike home which is awesome from there I've never I've never gone the other way but you know yeah I remember getting on that it was actually my uh, my only new bike I've ever got and uh there's nothing like the new bike smell getting on it, and that bike was phenomenal. You know, it was a very uh, innovative uh, 1000, and uh, it was really neat, actually. And of course, it rained on the first night I got home, but that's okay. It was a great bike. It still is, actually. Interestingly enough, I'll be racing that uh, next month again. Uh, I have a 99R1, and that's, I guess, what I'll be racing, which is great because I know those bikes. Got my first TT medal on one of those, and I figure if you can't fucking, yeah, good luck beating me on one of those. I got a medal on that, and uh, I got all these new bikes with all this new, you know, electronics and all that. So I actually look forward to seeing um, the difference, you know. Uh, compared to uh, a newer bike on an open GP and such. So, yeah, well, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've seen the pictures. It's all apart now, right, Alex? You're oh, yeah. It's, it uh, yeah, that thing's uh, totally uh, being... 
a field strip, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, but you're a real pro at that. I hear you can get that motor out of the frame in an hour. Oh, it's yeah. out of there. Yeah, yeah. it's. Wade, Wade and I had actually Wade and I both raced this at the aisle. Uh, both of ours were together at one point, weren't they? No. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So um, yeah, 2004, Wade and I raced uh, the R1s over there. It was a great picture. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I think they're phenomenal motorcycles, and uh, we'll go from there. And I plan on, like I said, uh, seeing if I can, uh, you know, get that sucker to sing. And uh, we'll know, I guess, uh, serious point, talking about that. Holy moly, uh, we're talking about AFM. So, holy moly, here we are, July 27th to 28th. Yeah, Thunder Hill Raceway, that's where they're going to be. Bring a lot of ice and maybe some towels and an umbrella. It's going to be hot, but it's going to be great. If you're out there in the heat, you're out there racing, it makes you a better racer. You know why? Because a lot of people, it evens the playing field like rain. You know, if you can adapt to the heat, you can go out there and race. Other people can't. You can gain on them. It's actually a tactical thing. So don't worry about the heat. Embrace it. Just get some extra towels and stuff. Right, Wade? Yeah. You ate the right. Uh, I live next to the cooler. <laughs> if my hair is not wet, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Button Willow, was it hot? 105. What? It's supposed to be 110 the next time we go down. I'm not supposed to go, but I'm possibly going to go the next one too of course you will it was 105 last weekend that's what they, uh, supposedly that's what they said it was going to be holy moly yeah a big <laughs> difference if you shade was your friend if you were not in the shade oh you were in trouble you were cooking my you ginger skin melts off at about 102 i don't know if i could do 105. <laughs> yeah exactly it's like geez you have an umbrella they, they have water there so we want to go get a, a kitty swimming pool for the next next time they oh, had one nice. for a dog, but it's like, we want one for humans. <laughs> well, you've had that before, the, uh, the, the sidecar uh, folks. Yeah, way back yeah. when, we got one of the biggest kiddie pools. Thunderhill let us fill it up and everything. And uh, Button Willow, there's a faucet right over there. So I want to try to do the same thing. Get a hose. The party uh, w- after the races will be at the pool. <laughs> Get your bite ties. You are. So, yeah, thank you, uh, AFM. And, uh, you know, I always give a shout-out to the turn workers out there and uh, Barbara and the organization. I mean, if it weren't for you guys, I mean, we wouldn't be out there racing. Uh, You know, there's a lot of track days out there, but racing's racing and uh, there's nothing like it and uh, you guys always are great last time i was there you guys were short on turn workers you put the word out and and, you know folks showed up and thank you turn workers for being out there because it means a whole lot and uh always uh if you can uh afm american federation of motorcyclists one of the oldest uh out there and uh actually wade's dad was president a million years ago as well and um yeah you can always uh donate to the benevolent fund or the turn worker fund but uh yeah always always give a little buy some shirts buy some swag you know it's it's really cool uh support them out there and they're one of the oldest clubs and uh we've have so many fast fast people that's come from that organization not to mention uh isle of man tt racers and such but uh yeah uh chucky Sorensen's out there hey man we, we have a whole lot of uh fast boys that came from there and fast boys uh, coming from there now i mean they got the f 400 cc class out there they got 600 and uh we're churning out some really really fast racers so thank you fm and uh for being out there thank you turn workers and uh that being said yeah uh fun track days we got august weber and uh you know uh 
uh, I got to go out there uh, one of these days and uh, do a track day. And if I can. The, the five mile. The five mile. It's exactly. August 12th, Thunder Hill five mile. Go around there five miles per lap. And uh, that's a great, great way to do something, you know. Just like I was thinking the other day, maybe we Ooh. can have like a subculture endurance race, which no one knows about. Wah, wah. You know, just go out there and do five miles for 30 miles. Mm. But anyway. <laughs> Shh. No one will hear that. You didn't hear that on my show. But anyhow, yeah, that's an interesting idea, huh, Wade? But uh, yeah, Thunder Hill 5 Mile will be great. August 12th, fun track days. And uh, he always has great track days. September 8th, there are Thunder Hill West. October 4th, Thunder Hill East, which is my birthday before my birthday. Mm. What's nice about oh. fun track days is... Um, they take care of you on a personal level. You know, they have a bunch of instructors and they go around and they actually ask you when you're in pits, hey man, how you doing? Uh, you know, I saw you in turn three, you seem to be struggling. They'll actually talk to you on a personal level, which is really neat. And uh, in, between, in between each session, which is really neat as well. Like the first session, they'll just talk about generalities of like, this is a track, right? Is what I'm thinking. But the next section, actually, next session after you come in, they'll actually talk about apexes and stuff. So it seems to me that each session they do during the practice day, uh, between you know uh, practice sessions, they're actually talking more advanced techniques, which is really neat because you could either be sitting there drinking water, or you could drink water, sit there and listen to them and see them draw on the chalkboard or whatever, and learn how to actually properly take a track because but you've already been out there. So that's that's what I call a value-added service with fun track days. You know, they're really personable, but in between you can actually go take some classes and actually learn something. Uh, you know, theoretical on board, and then you can take it out there and actually do it. And uh, in between, you can also talk to those guys who are having to follow you around the track so gotta check out fun track days and you know give uh, august a good shout out you can always find them at www.funtrackdays.com d-a-y-z right fun track d-a-y-z difference anyways www.funtrackdays.com give august a call you can always see him at monroe's too he'll sell you a bike yar yar right on right on so anyhow boy uh matt how are you mate <laughs> Good. I just also want to say, Fun Track Days, they're great great guys, and they really do take it to another level. We we support a lot of people, and we don't want to say one is better than the other, but wink, wink, Fun Track Days, definitely check them out. Great, great company. They yeah. are awesome, and you know they'll give you $15 off if you uh, go on their discount, uh, uh, their website to pre-enroll. Uh, you can also just go racers alley heard you're on racers alley fifteen dollars off so racers alley 2019 they'll give you fifteen dollars off which i think is really awesome you know august uh, put that out there so if you're doing the track day you get on the uh you, you pre-enroll just say racers alley send you and he'll give you fifteen dollars off which is pretty bitching <laughs> right yeah now, right Matt, you sponsor a ton of stuff with law tigers and how do you we choose do. between all the different things that's going on in this community uh, what really makes something attractive to you? That's a great question. It's it's actually very difficult. Uh, there's only one Saturday, if you knew this, there's only one Saturday every week. So there's a lot of events to choose from and a lot of different places to go. Um, you know, what I look for personally is, is a local independent business. I think that's the most important people to support. You know, we're, we're at Harley Davidson, we're at BMW, we're at Ducati, we're at all the big guys as well. Uh, because we all ride these big, beautiful machines, but uh, really do have a soft spot for the independent business that really has uh, community-minded, um, you know, way of approaching their business. 
Well, you know, that's important to say. I mean, um, boy, uh, over the past uh, four years, uh, the motorcycle industry has halved and halved, meaning that each year, you know, one year four went out, the next year four went out. So, I mean, there's a handful of businesses here that deal with motorcyclists in San Francisco as well as East Bay. I mean, uh, total, I would think you'd be lucky to find 20 certain areas, you know, for Japanese bikes. There's Harleys out there. But, yeah, uh, it's very, very hard now for independent businesses to survive, especially with this climate of, uh, you know, high rents and such and uh, seem to be, uh, uh, yeah, pushing out of industrial. Yeah, you know, it really uh, is sad. And, and you know, there there are a lot of businesses that are struggling. I know a shop down on the peninsula that uh, has moved three times in the past five years just because they're being priced out. Yeah. Luckily, a, a shop like Moto Guild was able to change hands to another local independent business. But I've heard that. There's, yeah, a, they were there's something on Grapevine. So you know about that? Uh, PTT, I think, picked them up. Oh, nice. Pacific track time. Okay. Or, or no, uh, am I wrong? Or is that is it Bay Area track time? Don't know. Uh, that's the first I heard, but it's great. Moto girls stay in there because I've had customers at Tokyo Moto come in and it's like, well, usually I'm over there, but this is an emergency, and um, they have a great rep. If you if you have a motorcycle, you want to do your own thing, you can rent a bench, you can rent tools, but also you can have someone looking over your shoulder. You know, it's like, hey man, you know, uh, yeah, it's a great organization, and uh, they've done a couple of Dames Don't Care events at one point or another. Wink, wink, nod, nod. But uh, yeah, they're 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 an excellent. Uh, place and i'm glad they're staying there i did not know so yeah i heard they were kind of in a, a sales situation yeah it looks like uh it it went through i'm not sure what the situation is with uh treasure island it seems to be blowing up uh with a <laughs> lot of development so oh boy i mean it's only a matter of time before they're gone but they're at least there for now Sweet. <laughs> yeah 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 i mean uh, that's where we all are you know i mean uh, as far as uh, real estate in this world it's if you're an independent, like you said, it's very nice to support them, you know, and uh, that's very, very cool. And you offer all types of sponsorship as well, which is wonderful and good to have to, that support, you know, and it, it means a lot because, uh, like I mentioned, you know, I was surprised because it's been a long time since the motorcycle industry has actually, I've seen sponsorship. It was, it was very dry for a while. And the uh, last couple of years I've been at the AFM uh, uh, getting out there. Um, I've seen a lot more racers out there. I've seen a lot more um, nice machinery. Uh, also, really big motorhomes and trailers and stuff and uh, that type of thing. So I think I think the motorcycle industry as a whole has taken a certain turn, which a lot more people are out there. Especially, uh, they are making motorcycles that are affordable to go out there and race. They're basically mm -hmm. turnkey, especially the four hundreds. 250s, 400s right now are a big, big class. Kawasaki people, I think you're, you're sponsoring a few of those folks. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and it's a great way. It's a great way to start. It's 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 uh, in it more. It's, well, it's it's less you know uh, money than racing uh, let's say 1,000 or 600. And uh, what's nice is um, the kids are involved now. I mean, I see a lot more of that. And uh, lot tigers. I mean, like I said, you're supporting motorcyclists. You know and kids it's all about those guys you know and uh they're doing more you can you can see it uh you can see over there at the racetrack they got these little kids on these little mini motorbikes they got kids now on, on dirt bikes so the uh, the parents 
who rode are now their offspring are riding. I see it across all my friends. Their kids are riding, you know, and there's yeah. they can choose a lot now compared to where you know when I was growing up a little it was a little less. There's you can choose whatever you want. And there's there's a lot out there, and uh, you're supporting them all of them. I see, which is great. Well, you know the industry. While it looks to be contracting and shrinking at this breakneck pace, there's still a ton of enthusiasts out there. There's a ton of passionate people about motorbikes, and that's not going to change. And so it's really about just maintaining that community. And I mean, I, I cover the Bay Area. I go to over 200 shops, and a lot of those are independent. And so, no kidding. Wow. You, you know, you, you think it is small, but it's not that small. And there's a nice. lot of people that are really working hard to keep it alive. And uh, I think there's a lot of independent people that have a lot of those motorhomes and some money in the bank and they're putting a lot of money into back into the industry to get to, out there. to keep it going and mm. you hear a lot of negative things and trust me i hear about it every day not to no mention uh, it, wow. you know everyone's accident story everybody wants to tell oh, me that worst. part yeah there's it, that but there's know, also oh you yeah. know did you hear about these guys they closed down these guys are partnering with these guys but there's a lot of growth mm. as well a lot of good growth yeah you know it's just like uh Anything, uh, you know, if something shuts down, there's someone else to like, uh, I always want to do that. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah. know, that's what we try and support. Obviously, it's like uh, we just want to keep motorcycling going and, uh, yeah, go from there. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, we're going to take a short break and uh, let's see. I guess we'll listen to the Red Album. Let me push that button over there and uh, get back to you shortly. Cheers. <laughs> Welcome to Racer's Alley at Mini Radio. Oh, it's 
Welcome to Racers Alley here at Meany Radio on the Heart of the Mission. Boy, oh boy, having a fun night. Uh, we got uh, boy Wade Boyd here uh, talking about the last sidecar race. And uh, I want to say something here about Racers Alley here. Meany Radio really takes care of us here. And um, Pamtastic, she has a comedy show. So uh, she has a workshop here from 6 to 8 on Mondays. If you want to be a comedian, which isn't easy, you can always come here and uh, sit there from 6 to 8. Pay 10 bucks, which is really nice to have a donation like that. And uh, learn how to be a comedian. Bring a couple of things. And what you'll have to do is uh, sit up there on the stage and have a couple of people critique you. I'll sit there and learn how to write. 
right? And uh, it's a great time. It's a workshop. So you can sit there and refine your, your, your works and your jokes, that type of good stuff. And uh, once you get from there, you can actually go on Friday and get into an open mic. You know, that's always fun as well, 6 to 8. And uh, that's where you actually from your workshop jokes actually come in here and be on an open mic in front of people and it's the first level you know get in front of people learn how to you know uh, deal with that uh, stage fright stuff or whatever anyways it's a great way to start and then after that you can always come by mutiny radio's comedy clubhouse that's on fridays from uh, eight to ten and that's where pam has her major show so it's always fun to come here friday and i believe this weekend uh this uh this friday we're gonna have a couple of people from out of state on the show uh from uh up north so uh gotta be here on uh, friday and enjoy actually the uh, comedy uh, mutiny radio comedy clubhouse uh from eight to ten it'll be really really cool and you know uh uh, right now, you know, we're, we have a ship here, you know, and our pirate ship has a few holes and leaks, and we could really use a lot of donations and any type of support or help you have right now. And uh, you can always call me here, 415-550-0511. And like I said, racers and sponsors out there, for $10 donation, you can always hit that button on, on, on uh, Pamtastic Comedy Clubhouse's uh, uh, website, uh, www FM. You can always hit the donate button, but uh, you can always find me on the face of my book under Racers Alley as well. And uh, send me a shout out. I mean, all racers have someone to thank, whether it's their wife, their girlfriend, their grandma, anyone helping them out there. You know, I mean, it's very important out there. What'd you say, Wade? <laughs> Mom and dad. Mom and dad, everyone. You know, you can always give a shout out. And we're live here on Thursdays from 6 to 8. And as well as uh, we have a podcast after, so I can always be kept. But it's I, I call it a little postcard you know and help the radio station out help us survive uh plug up some of them holes in the in the side of our shipyard and uh always have it there you know it's very important you know i've been i've been racing since the 90s and a lot of people helped me out over the years so it's it's very easy to just give a shout out give a thanks and uh, as far as that goes businesses as well you know if you want to give a shout out and thank your racers you know thank everyone else out there who's uh supporting your business you can always do that you can just contact us here and uh, we'll give a nice shout out for you you can either write it or i'll just uh, mention something myself you know it's really really cool and everyone likes to feel appreciated and what's even more uh, you know it's, it's it's cool because you'll help us out we'll keep the ship running and uh, I, I i feel racers alley is um I guess you could say one of the last bastions of uh, getting the motorcycle community out. You know, we've lost our city bikes. We lost our, you know, uh, all our independent magazines, really, you know, and this right now is, I guess, our way. Wade and I talked about it, and that's how we came upon this show. It was about telling stories, and uh, we had the time and, and, and a way to do it. And uh, that's what this is about. So you can always call in, come in on our show, talk about things motorcycling, tell us what's going on. We want to keep motorcycling alive, and uh, you know, prints out right now. So we have this uh, the show here, you know, which is really really cool. So uh, Racers Alley, you know, we welcome any motorcyclist, any industry person, come on in. You know, bring some folks in. We can have a talk out you know all that type of good stuff so yar yar anyhow uh anyone have anything to say <laughs> all right we're gonna take a music break yar <laughs>
Crowd on. Welcome back to uh, Beatney Radio. Uh, Racers Alley here, heart of the mission. Wow. Yeah, we got Matt here from A Lot of Tigers. We got Mr. Wade Boyd, uh, Subculture Racing, and Milk Crate Brian spinning the tunes, which is awesome. So, uh, again, I want to mention earlier, uh, again, actually, like I mentioned earlier, it. You know, SFMC's Clay Murphy is doing a great thing here, and he's starting a nonprofit to teach kids how to ride. You know, it's uh, basically firstrides.org, and uh, we're looking for clothes. We're looking for motorcycle gear. We're looking for boots. We're looking for anything to help these kids uh, have some gear on when they learn how to ride, and uh, it's really, really great. If you got little bikes as well, we'll take them. And uh, like I mentioned, you know, uh, Clay has uh, firstrides.org, and if you want to donate any motocross gear, you can always do it at my shop, Tokyo Moto, uh, work at. You can always do it at Bender's Barn Grill when they're open. You can always do it at Molotovs. These are all San Francisco places. And it's very important. You know, we'd like to gather these things. And the owners uh, are very happy to take this because they know it's for a very, very good cause. You know, uh, a lot of people don't have the resource and stuff. And, uh, you know, to teach a young person how to ride a motorcycle is a wonderful thing. Because once, once, once you have that, you, you're just basically a rider. And then who knows? Maybe we got the next Kenny Roberts, but it's a really, really cool organization. And uh, thank you, Clay, for that. And uh, you can always, like I said, first rise start first rides.org check it out on the internet webs and uh, they're going to have an event on september 22nd and november 17th over at carnegie and uh if, if you're interested also you know they could also use a couple of uh, volunteer uh, instructors and stuff but i i hear a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork to make this happen and uh he came on my show the last couple of weeks and last week we weren't able to get him live because of technical difficulties so anyhow you know i'm pushing him right now he's having a great ride somewhere yeah, yeah. So, uh, Clay, thank you. And uh, firstrides.org. Check them out. And uh, we need all your motorcycle gear and shit. If you don't have any motorcycle gear to donate, why don't you just buy some and send it to us? That would be really cool as well. Or maybe just send them some cash. Are they set up to take that, too? No, not yet. Only physical it, stuff. Yeah. So, okay. uh, yeah. Go buy some uh, leftover gear and uh, send it to us. That would be or, or them or whatever. Drop it off at the bar. Uh, it'd be really awesome. It's really, really cool teaching kids. It's how to ride. It's a nonprofit, and uh, it's totally um, just because uh, he loves people. So it's really, really cool. And Talking you, about that, oh. if you got a little kid, just get a hold of him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's do something. You know, and uh, Carnegie is a wonderful place to be. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a great program. Check it out for sure. And just pass a word on that. Actually, uh, we need everyone to to do that. And uh, it can go national if uh, people really uh, care like that. So it's a really really cool idea. So, anyways, we're racing. Well, you are. Well, I won't be. But AFM's going to be at Thunder Hill this weekend, which is really really awesome. It's going to be hot as hell, maybe or maybe not because I was last there last month. They said it was going to be hotter than hell, and it was okay. So, yar, yar. That being said, you know, it's very, very cool to have a picture of yourself. Man, you know, it's a moment in time. Wade and I have talked about this more than once. You know, uh, he got me into this a million years ago at the aisle. He goes, you're going to spend $500 on pictures. What do you mean? And he was like, you're going to buy every picture of you at the aisle. 
period. And I sure as much did. And uh, yeah, it added up really quickly. But I mean, that's a lifetime event. So I mean, it's a moment and a shot in time that you can talk about, have stories and be proud of, you know. So uh, that being said, we got Oxymoron Photography there. Matt, Matt Klein, he's a racer. He's AFM 868. And, uh, you know, he's like us, Formula Middle, uh, wages and stuff. And he runs a 600. But the Oxymoron Photography, you know, being that he's a racer, he knows where to go out there and have the good shots. He knows what to look for, you know. And uh, you can get on his website, which is really, really cool because he has uh, – it, it, it separates it from various various ways. But uh, you have a number, or if you're a practice or a track day, I mean, or a race, uh, he's out there. So Max Klein, Oxymoron Photography, www.oxymoronphotography.com. If you've been out there on a racetrack day, dude, you might be on there. And it's great. It's great to have a picture out there. That way you can actually show your friends and stuff. Look really, really cool. And uh, you will, actually. And that being said, if you have more than one picture, and if you're actually studying something, those pictures can tell you a lot. As far as uh, entry, exit, what, what, what your posture is, depends on what level what level you're at. But pictures are a really neat thing to have if you're if you're uh, certain areas. So uh, that's also nice as well. And uh, talking about that, you know, Chris was here, Chris Crash Rotana, and uh, he fixes leathers. Boy, oh boy, not only fixes them. Mine right now are kind of looking kind of raggedy. Last time I had them at the track, it was like, that white is kind of beige now, you know. But uh, literally, I had them at the aisle, and I had them in Argentina. So, I mean, it still has the Argentinian bugs on there, actually, Wait, But anyhow, uh, yeah, Chris Crash Rotana can actually clean all your motorcycle gear, you know. And uh, he can also uh, add any patches. He can repair anything. Nice thing is usually at the track as well. So everything is mobile. If you're at the motorcycle track, you're at the uh, AMA, AFM, uh, Chris Crash Rotana, CrashMotoGear.com. And uh, he has everything. He can fix it. He can actually repair it. He can make it look nice as well. You can also find him at www.CrashMotoGear.com. He's awesome, actually. So uh, I plan on giving him my leathers next time because I'm kind of looking like a raggedy man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, um, that being said, hey, fellas, how you doing? Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah, everyone seems to be on some type of electronic device or other. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, been a great time on the show. And, uh, you know, it's uh, anything uh, happening exciting? Any rides coming up soon? Uh, we got a couple of cool events coming for, for Law Tigers that we're sponsoring. Uh, next weekend, August 3rd, down at Pier 3031 in San Francisco. Yes. We are doing the San Francisco Police Motor Skills Competition. If you remember last year, this was a big event uh, hosted by Roland Sands. Uh, this year, he is not involved, and it's going to be more of a local feel. Wow. We're going to have a lot of uh, local shops down there and uh, some food trucks. Um, and probably the coolest thing of the event is that you can sign up with your own bike uh, to do the challenge. And it is challenging. Brian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Take that Brian going out oh, there. Going oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Pretty> awesome. <laughs> and then uh, and in a couple of weeks, August 10th and 11th, uh, up at Sonoma Raceway, we have uh, Moto America happening uh, yet again. We were... Uh, pro racing. Pro racing. We were down awesome. at uh, Superbike, World Superbike, 
we were down at Laguna a couple weeks ago, so excited to get back. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, you were there personally? Yeah, yeah. yeah how, how, how was that? Oh, you know, it was great. I It was my first time to Laguna, and I'd heard that uh, the event was getting smaller and smaller every year, but this year was booming. Yeah, I heard there was a great crowd. Great crowd. Tons yeah. of people from the Bay. I saw a lot of people up here. Sweet. Uh, great weather. It was just a really cool event. Yeah, awesome. You are, you are. And the uh, sound of the bikes and everything must have been really exciting. Uh, it was, yeah. It took me about a week to recover my hearing just from uh, going through that. Cool. <laughs> Did you get to see the corkscrew? Corkscrew is badass. Yeah. That is an awesome track. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very amazing if you've never seen it before. It's uh, for those uh, listeners out there, Corkscrew's uh, famous. Uh, the track is uh, Laguna Seca in Monterey, and it's a world famous motorcycle course, well, just a course in general. But uh, yeah, they have a big old uh, corkscrew. Basically, you're going in left, right, down, and you're just dropping elevation and then turning left. And it's a, it's a world famous thing. And you really don't appreciate the nature of it watching on tv until you've actually been there and then see the the, the grade you know? absolutely so, you know. one cool thing about that track too is it's just you there's not a bad place to to watch the track you can literally see it from everywhere yeah it's because it's yeah it's a nice area you know yeah. I, i've been there yeah through the years which is really really neat <laughs> that's awesome so uh right now so you're going to be over there in, in sonoma you're going to be at the, uh, the the course coming up here in san francisco so tell me a little bit about this actually uh does that mean um they're doing jim connor or the uh, sf PD going to be there because they've been there before uh doing courses i mean yes do you know, the- do you know how the the course i mean uh who's who's gonna be so it'll be uh it'll be the Jim gymkhana course uh, or whatever I, you know it's funny i was talking with the sfpd officer that's running this thing this year uh glenn sherry officer glenn sherry he uh i guess there's no set way to set up the courses it's more about each individual municipality gets to set up the course the way they want to but all the other cops from the other neighboring towns come down to take your course so it's it's kind of a challenge to see who can make the hardest course well all these guys are be- better on the side i'm sure yeah like, absolutely you, are, you know you got you guys are. on road kings you got guys on uh the honda dirt bikes you got Neat. guys on the the bmw police bikes um and dirt bag gold wing yeah they got yeah, the dirt bag gold wing you got civilians on uh gs's or ktms and you know some of these guys they get in there hard they dump their bike hard and it's it's a thing to see you are uh, well uh yeah slow slow could hurt slows fast too yeah you know? <laughs> in a weird way when you fall you know it, yeah yeah it, it, they it, won't it, have any of the races this like they had last year but uh it's still going to be a, a lot of fun and it's uh, going to be put on by the san francisco police department they're the main sponsor you are uh yeah they've come into tokyo motor here and there and um so uh exactly when and where is the event so this is going to be down uh pier 30 31 in san francisco uh right near uh, i guess the right under the bay bridge nice south beach area um and uh what time 10 to 4 10 to 4 10 to 4 actually the, the for, it'll start at 8 a.m but um Neat. i say 10 to 4 because most people that aren't at the event won't get there till 10 yeah so uh okay it's open at 8 uh, uh events start around 10 uh, it's going to be a good chimpana course and other things. And if you're a motorcyclist, you can actually show up, which is really, really cool. And uh, from there, I mean, is it um, 
uh, is it an event for someone? Is it a, a, is there a cause? Uh, what's the idea behind the whole event? So this is an annual thing uh, competition that they have um, every year. Um, it's not really benefiting any any events, but it's a great way to uh, get a lot of the cops families and the department's families out there gotcha. to, to, to support uh, to support the officers it's a support it's a, it's a support municipality yeah and it's uh, neat yeah and so this year we're trying to we're trying to make it, it trying to wrap around a lot of the local shops uh, to get them some some love out there and so yeah. we're hoping a lot of local riders and just people in general want to come down and check out the festivities uh, yeah, that's check awesome. out what your local shops are up to well I mean uh, Tokyo Moto we get a lot of the DRZ boys and we see a lot of the boys there uh, in our shop and um, yeah yeah, it's it's great. I think it's a great idea. Boy, uh, Jim Connor, I'm gonna have to figure out. I think I have a blue bike with knobbies right now. Oh, but, you can uh, take the But so next weekend. Yep, next weekend, Saturday, August third. Saturday, August third. Pier thirty uh, in San Francisco. Pier thirty. Get there at eight. Starts at ten. Uh, and have a great time looking at motorcyclists and, and uh, doing some great course stuff as well as, uh, boy, you know, come on, put up a shut up. East Bay Rats, come over and show your stuff, huh? Calling you out right now. <laughs> and I'll take the blue bike, all right? Okay. And then, uh, actually, we got Milk Crate Brian on his going. He'll top you all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wah, wah. With the milk crate on the back. Uh, with too. the milk crate on the back with a 12-pack. But, uh, yeah, thanks, guys, for uh, listening to our show today. And uh, thank you, Law Tigers, Matt for being here yeah absolutely just uh, jump on Instagram at uh, Law Tigers NorCal or Law Tigers on Facebook or LawTigers.com if you see me driving around wave at me please don't honk <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no bashing. Yeah, and thank you, Mulcrate Brian, for uh, having the tunes here, and uh, really, really awesome. And uh, Wade, uh, next race. Yeah, I got something else I'd like to say. After watching my one of my buddies uh, get taken away in a helicopter, there's a company out there that that's basically saves people all the time it's called reach and yeah. basically it's really cheap your whole household can get in for really uh inexpensive i'm not really doing a sales pitch it's just that uh these people just saved one of my friends um i did the same thing last year and it's really really good thing to go check out and you know it's, it's, it's called reach and it's air medical services uh Anybody who rides should probably check that out when they got the time. Well, that's a big deal, and I will as well, Wade. I mean, the last thing you ever want to think about is that type of thing. But, boy, you know, I've had more than one friend have certain type of uh, situations like that. And uh, there are areas, uh, there are people out there who will get you out of nowhere, and um, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, thank you for uh, Reach for taking care of our pals over there at uh, Buttonwiller. And, uh, you know, boy, oh, boy, everyone will ho- feel well and heal better, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Somebody got a magic wand. Go ahead and wave <laughs> it for us, would you? Exactly. So, RER, well, thank you for being uh, listening to uh, Racers Alley here on Meeting Radio in the heart of the mission. And uh, thank you, Pamtastic, for uh, running this here boat. And uh, RER, well, we're signing off and we'll uh, hear from us next week. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, if I haven't actually met you, please come and say what's up because I don't, I'm I'm visiting here from Portland and the edible just kicked in. So, is, are you Kevin? Yeah. Kevin, what? 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 Let's start over. Let's start over. Yo, welcome to the stage. Straight out of. Are you from Portland? Where are you from, man? I'm sorry. No, no. From from Sacktown. Coming out here to the Muni Comedy Festival. Give it up for Kevin. 
Jay Wook. Come on, give it up for Steve Trevino, everybody. Steve Trevino. God. I know. It's, my name is Fuck with a W, okay? Uh, he was confused because he's like, no, nah, he's white and it's not him. And he doesn't look like he likes politics. Motherfucker, I like politics. <laughs> you know? He's on my side. I'm not going to fucking. Do it's not good for me, though. Like, none of you guys like me. She's just straight nodded. We just met. <laughs> She's like, swipe whatever the fuck side. She's like, I don't like him. Nah, he's not for me. Trump's not out there for He's out there for rich people. I'm not the first person to say it, you know, but he really is. He's not out there for me. That, that's what he's here for. And this whole I'm not white part, I'm here to declare my non-white status. I'm ready to give it up. The guy from Trinidad's like, I'll take it. <laughs> you keep giving us gold medals. <laughs> that's all we want. <laughs> Fucking love that guy. Give it up for him. Come on. Gosh, gosh. It's really weird here. I love it. I love it. You guys are crazy. It's like the, uh, this is why I got into comedy. You get in there like, here's some edibles, here's some shit. I wish we had money. <laughs> and I'm like, my shit's about to kick in too, so we're good. We're good. We're good. I love going on journeys like this. I just read a news article headline today, and the headline part, so that's all the information you're going to get. It said, uh, people that do psychedelics, it could change them for the rest of their lives. See, she gets it. Yeah, you're the. cocaine that's where i'm at right now i was like wow and then the other the mexican dude comes up here and talks about cocaine and he's oh thank you so much let's hear it let's hear it mutiny radio i can do it oh you can do both things you can talk and take it thank you yeah. i'm gonna cough though <laughs> i love it <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> but see, none of us are fighting. There's marijuana here. It's everywhere. You go to a Raider game, they're not smoking weed. They're killing people. That's what they're doing. That's why they're moving to Las Vegas. That's Trump's plan of getting rid of people. Let's just move the Raiders there. It'll take care of all the people that just go in there and they're down for debauchery and Jesus lives and we're good. I, one guy is like, I like Jesus. He giggled a little bit. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, San Francisco is a great place. But you guys drive. <laughs> no, I, I, you guys drive like New York light. Like you guys are half in, half out. All right, half of you guys are like, yeah, I'm a dick. This is how we fucking drive. And the other half's like, I just drew, I just made a nap. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Asian. Yeah, she gets it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm not white. I'm not white. This is a show. It's a show. I, I'm glad you guys picked me for racial stuff because clearly this is great. <laughs> Even Amazon goes, you know you want a tiki torch. <laughs> 
you know my Amazon has that voice too. See, the brother in the back's fucking laughing at my shit, so stop being guilty, white people. It's okay. <laughs> the guy from Trinidad's like, I just want your status, not your gold. <laughs> hey, bro, we in Silicon Valley. We want your cobalt now. <laughs> we add it. We add it. Gosh, my brother, he's in Japan right now. He's in the military. Okay, we're clearly not into politics at all. We're over it. First room ever. Give yourselves a hand for not clapping for the military. First room ever. Yeah, that's called a comedic cheap trick, and you're like, fuck you, Jay Wook. Your name's Kevin now. <laughs> fuck Kevin. I hate that guy. He hates the military. But no, my brother's in Japan. He's like, man, I just bought natural peanut butter. It's happened today. I can show you too. He's like, so what's the fucking problem? Like he buys weird shit. They got weird Kit Kats there, because clearly Kit Kat—it's a fucking cool ass name in Japan. <laughs> no, it's all marketing. That ain't racist at all. They go, oh Kit Kat. Like they fucking like it. Okay. Like here, if you had a Kit Kat or a Snickers, you're like, give me that fucking Snickers, dog. You know you want a Snickers over a Kit Kat. Over there, they're like, nuts, caramel, fuck you, Kit Kat. So, <laughs> and that's what I've been told. I don't know if it's true. Some things are normal to me. They're not normal to other people. I don't know. But they sell a lot of Kit Kats there. Anyways, he bought natural peanut butter. <laughs> and I guess you have to stir it. You guys, This is San Francisco. You guys probably have, right? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> But they know as a consumer, you don't want to buy a jar where the top third is empty. So they fill it all the way up, and you have to stir it, and you lose hell of it, right? It just falls out of the jar. She's, Pam's like, I catch it. <laughs> I put my fucking bread right there. What, what's wrong with you? And, and then guess what? That's what I will tell my brother in Japan who's fighting for our freedom right now. And you still didn't clap for freedom. I fucking love you people. This is an uphill battle for me, so I don't give a shit. This is great. I'm on the I'm not white political show. Yeah, put up the fat looking white guy. It's going to be great. The only guy laughing is the black dude in the back. Like, and no one's listening. Usually he's the strongest dude ever. And you guys are like, whatever, San Francisco, we don't care. You guys don't. I drove in here, and it's all Verizon Wireless because this city deserves the best. Yeah. We're fighting wars in other places. Communication be a lot more important over there. But, hey, let's give it to San Francisco, Verizon. Let's give it here. Like, nothing bad happens here. And I'm like, do you think ever s other cities have that shit? Like, do you feel like maybe you're being cheated on? Like, Verizon's not just good here. Maybe Portland. Kevin from Portland. Maybe he has good Verizon. Yeah. I hear, like, it's hella funnier than Jay Wook, too. <laughs> Kevin from Portland's my new fucking hero. I love that guy. Give it up for Kevin from Portland, guys. Come on. Hey. He, he doesn't even exist, and you wouldn't clap for freedom. Fuck you guys. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. No, I do love you guys. I really do. I really do. It's the first time I buy cocaine from a white dude over a Mexican. I'll tell you that. Man, when he's like, I did cocaine in Colombia for the first time, like, yeah, that's like the perfect thing ever. Like, that, that's monumental. That's great. That's like doing, like having a time machine, you could do the first hit of acid. Like the very first one. That, that's what you did. You got it right from the source. That's great. And then we got this Mexican dude talking about his, and he's the most mellowest dude ever, just talking like, yeah, I did this, and cocaine is great, and, and he's hella mellow. And I'm like, I think his cocaine was cut <laughs> with heroin. <laughs> Dog, it wasn't the fucking edibles kicking in. It was the heroin. 
you're the most mellowest cocaine dude ever. But I would snort. I was thinking about that, too. They made snortable caffeine. Have you guys seen this? No, because they took it the fuck away. Yeah, they took it away for good reasons. I would fucking do it in a second. Like, I would snort. Co- like, I got pulled over. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Like, you, you, if you're high on caffeine, that's great. And But it's not okay to snort things. But what if it's an Advil? What if you snort an Advil? <laughs> I don't know. I was <laughs> I was waiting for Pam to go, cut, kicks in hella faster. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all about the way it hits your brain real quick. You forget everything. And then Pam also forgot how many milligrams her edibles were. And so I'm over here. God. 